Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels, but someone has testified from somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? or mortals that you care for them. You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father, For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. This is the word of the Lord. In her memoir, Somebody's Daughter, Ashley C. Ford lays out the trauma and stress and beauty and brokenness of being in a family. Ford, who writes with grace and tenderness, describes the fragmentation of her family by her father's incarceration. See, Ford's father was in prison for much of her young life, following a violent crime, and this memoir follows her life, leading to an ultimately joyful, painful, and confusing reunion with her father. Ford shows readers all the ways that being in a family is hard, and all the ways that they continue to be a family through it all. Later in the book, Ford describes telling her dad that she plans to write about her family, and she broaches the topic of his part in the story. His response is as follows. When you write about you and me, he says, just tell the truth, your truth. Don't worry about nobody's feelings, 
especially not mine. You gotta be tough to tell your truth, but it is the only thing worth doing next to loving somebody. Family can mean a thousand different things, all valid and worthy. But no matter what family looks like for you, I have to imagine that the one thing that ties together many of us in this arena is that being in a family is hard. It can be beautiful and tender and sacred. But I just cannot imagine that there is anyone who hasn't experienced family as difficult. I think so much of that is because being in a family means telling the truth. Even when it feels impossible, even when it's painful, it means telling the truth because love is worth it. Hard conversations, worth telling the truth about the things that you might just ignore with an acquaintance. Family is worth speaking up when something hurts you or being honest when you see something that you don't feel quite right about. And I think in this memoir, Ford's dad is right when he says that telling the truth, telling this tough truth is the only thing worth doing next to loving somebody. Friends, if there is anyone, anyone who knows our hardest truths more than our families, more than our best friends, I think that probably it's God. God knows us by name. God knows us through and through from our most dazzling joys to our deepest shames and our fears. For better or for worse, there is no hiding from God. There's no hiding the darkest, scariest parts of who we are, nor the things that we would rather avoid saying. And yet our text today tells us that Jesus is not ashamed to call them, to call us, brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. God, who knows every ounce of our truth, claims us as family. Brothers, sisters, siblings in God's holy family. God, who knows that we have sinned. God, who knows that we will continue to sin, claims us as brothers and sisters. Christ died for our sins because Christ knew we had and would sin. He called us brothers and sisters, knowing full well we would continue to be imperfect, to disappoint, to break things and hurt each other and mess up and try again and again and again. Because being family in Christ doesn't require our perfection. It only asks us for truth. And that is what we have in God. Truth. As a part of that intimate bond Christ offers us, God offers us unconditional family, where we have this model before us of truth-telling and of truth-knowing. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, Hebrews asks, or mortals that you care for them? You have crowned them with glory and honor, the writer claims. But in the next breath, Hebrews reminds us that while humans share in the glory and honor of God, they are also intimately connected with Jesus, 
who for a little while was made lower than the angels. We are, yes, connected to Jesus's divinity, his glory, his holy wonder, but we are also front and center in Jesus's humanity. In the face of such great pain and friction and heartache across the globe, it can feel laughable to think that our little human actions really matter in this huge mess. I know that I find it tempting to just turn it all off, to turn away from the pain of the world because we can't do anything about it anyway. But we are not ordinary. Our tiny actions, moments, relationships, and especially our truths are not ordinary, but are extraordinary and necessary because we share in both the lowly humanness of Christ and in his glory. What we do matters. What we say matters. When we offer vulnerable and scary truth to our families, to our siblings near and far, it matters. Because we, like Christ, are whole and holy and human. Ford provides an example of this tiny human truth-telling that matters so deeply when she says this about her father. To the world, he was a bad man. To me, he was my dad who did a bad thing. I was still trying to figure out what it meant to love someone who had done such a bad thing, but I did love him. And that was enough for me to show up and to say so to his face. In knitting together a broken and fraught family, Ford shows us that the needle and thread which slowly pulls family back together is truth. Showing up, paying attention, and telling the truth. Sometimes our relationship with God makes this look easy, right? Like it's a no-brainer. God knows our truth already. God formed our innermost parts and... At our worst, we can sit with the comfort and reminder that God loves us wholly and honestly. But I know that that is so much harder here on earth, in our human relationships, with our family. Telling the truth can feel like tearing off a band-aid, like knocking a family heirloom from a table unsure if it will survive the crash. Do you know the gut-wrenching feeling of being hurt by family or by a friend you consider family? That awful stuckness of knowing that you're upset but not knowing if it's worth it to bring it up with them and to deal with all of the rebuilding. I know that I have felt this a thousand times. And more often than I would like to admit, I have let my truth fester. I've let it grow into resentment and frustration It is scary to tell the truth to the ones we love the most, to not see clearly the roadmap to reconciliation and to growth and to change for the better, but we are family. And God shows us that to be Christ's brothers and sisters and siblings is to be deeply known in full and honest and truthful relationship. Being siblings to Christ also tells us this. We are all Christ's family. Therefore, I believe we are all family to each other. Here in this sanctuary, 
or at home watching from couches and sunrooms and coffee tables. This congregation is rooted and entangled in holy family. But so much more than that, and I think so much harder to even imagine, is that this family stretches miles and miles beyond these walls. When we join in this space together, we get to reckon with and celebrate our relationship with Christ and with God. When we take communion here, in Christ's body and Christ's blood, broken and poured out for us, we get to see and taste the ways that Christ is intimately connected to us and to our lives and to the lives of those thousands of miles away from us, at different tables, with different prayers. I think today our text invites us to not only consider the intimacy and gravity of our own relationship with Christ, but the intimacy and gravity of what we share across congregations, across traditions, across the world. And in that connection, in that family of Christ which roots us together across tables and oceans and continents, I invite you to consider what it looks like to infuse our holy world family with the truth that is essential to siblinghood. How do we begin to offer that honesty and intimacy to each other? How do we reach out and name the truth that we were made in love and that we are inextricably rooted in family? How do we look across seas and name that we have and will hurt each other without ever seeing each other? That our systems and our prejudices continue to tear us apart at the seams and that we are embedded in those systems. Friends, how do we see these painful truths, speak them across waters and breaches into our siblings' ears, then reach for our needles and our thread and keep trying? Keep naming the truths that we see. Keep knitting our family closer and closer together. Friends, while I am not often here these days, this congregation raised me. I have seen truth-telling here so much. It is so exciting to have seen the ways this congregation speaks the truth. This is one of the first places where I learned how to tell the truth and keep being family. I've seen folks here speak truth boldly and bravely about systems of injustice, but I've also seen folks tell the truth about being in pain, about needing care, and letting this congregation into the truth of what's going on in their lives. I cannot imagine a better model of truth-telling family than that. And I wonder what it means and what it would look like to extend this little practice of truth-telling further and further as we take today to look out far beyond our own tables. Friends, we are not just children of God. We are not just being shepherded and held, but we are also siblings. And as siblings, I do think that we owe each other something. We are given trust, and thus we are being entrusted with siblinghood across the world. And by the grace of God, we are siblings of Christ and of each other, even when we get it wrong. When we don't quite say what we mean, when we avert our eyes from injustice and pain because it doesn't sit at our table. 
would we avoid the truth because it all just feels too hard to say? We are going to keep messing up. I am going to keep messing up. We all are. But we will continue to be family because Christ proclaimed it, proclaimed us his holy brothers and sisters. And when we take this seriously, we will continue to try again. Friends, today we celebrate with our arms stretched wide, but let us not step back from that embrace as we continue on in our work toward a better world, toward the world Christ entrusted us with. Friends, let us look out at the world, at the systems that tear us apart, that hurt our siblings, and let us be brave enough to tell the truth about them, because God entrusted us as family as brothers and sisters and siblings. Because God subjected all things on this earth to us. God is mindful of us. God cares for us. So let us today and all days look out at this world that we are holding on to, these tables that we are lucky enough to share across the globe, and let us walk toward truth together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.